What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. On today's episode, I want to do another bit of a self-shout-out. Yeah, I know it's a self-serving kind of episode, but it's a shout-out for something that you guys, I think, will enjoy to go and check out if you are into really guitar nerdiness, guitar knowledge, bit of guitar history, and just music history, actually, in general, history of our instrument um and learning about the cool and interesting things that people have done to contribute to really the track of where the guitar is now where the guitar has been maybe where it's going a little bit as well i'm really hoping this will interest you as well i really think that it will it's an amazing project that i feel really honored to be a part of and to have been involved in um it's been a really special thing i've learned a hell of a lot and um it's just been an immense pleasure to work on it it's out in the world in a couple of different ways now it's going to be a little bit more easily accessible i have mentioned about and talked about it a little bit before but um it's kind of becoming more and more accessible now so i want to share it again so um quite a while ago now this project's taken a little while to get there because of the amount of research and things that have been involved um i had the pleasure of hanging out at a guitar show for kind of the whole duration of the guitar show for a lot of time hanging out with tv jones um yes the company but the man himself thomas vincent jones um incredibly nice guy incredibly smart guy knows absolutely what he's talking about there's a reason that that name tv jones is so well known in the world of guitar and pickup making he is every bit as knowledgeable and as enthusiastic and passionate as you would expect uh he's you know in this industry and just in general one of the most kind of passionate energized people that i've met uh in terms of you know someone who's so focused on what they're doing and so um serious about what they're doing but also genuinely passionate about what they're doing and also open to talking about he's you know if you hang out with him at a guitar show you see him at a guitar show he tries to take as much time as he can to talk to as many people as he can give them knowledge share knowledge you know just hang out and talk and nerd out about guitar and music and and just really share that energy and that passion that he's got himself and uh obviously that meant that it was absolutely awesome to hang around with him at the guitar show anyway i learned a lot he was even teaching me how to do some setup stuff on a guitar which was really interesting and extremely valuable because i thought it's like you should charge for this you know what i mean <laughs> giving out this amazing advice but uh he will give out advice for free i know if anyone's had that where you contacted tv jones before about hey i want to install filtertrons in this guitar how do i go about it or you know i think all day long uh the people at tv jones are answering those questions and making sure that you've got the knowledge and the tools and everything you need to to get the best out of your guitar and change your tone and get what you want uh you know all day long he would talk to people about like you know saying oh, i got this guitar and pickups kind of sound like this and i don't know what it is and he will dissect everything with his incredible knowledge base and get to the root of what you need to get inspired and 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 get the best out of your instrument and feel like you're getting the best out of your sound and stuff which is an amazing thing um but whilst talking to him as well as learning a lot and enjoying just uh you know everything about that um he started to talk to me he started talking to me about a really interesting um thing that he wasn't sure where to go with in terms of the next step and this was a fascinating story um about how he had come into possession of a large amount of the possessions of ray butts and if you don't know who ray butts is ray butts is possibly the inventor of the first humbucker pickup depends on the timeline that's something we'll get to in a second but he is the inventor of the filtertron pickup which is one of the designs of a humbucker pickup back in the 50s he also invented what's possibly the first amp with on board built-in effects um or at least one of the best known ones at least one of the earliest amps with built-in effects with the echo sonic that was used by chet atkins scotty moore who is the guitarist for elvis presley um and a whole host of other people in the nashville scene and much beyond in american music of the 50s and 60s um hugely important players hugely important people out there were massive fans of ray's inventions and would go to ray as the guy to get what they needed out of their tone out of their guitars and he was um he has these inventions that he's particularly known for probably the filtertron first and foremost followed by that echo sonic amp um, but he actually invented things for his whole life that were very important and very interesting. And there were a whole host of very important musicians um, 
that would work with him. He also worked at RCA Studios and uh, helped set that up and was an engineer at RCA as well, which means that his kind of uh, expertise was put to use on a huge amount of important music, uh, very influential recordings coming out throughout the kind of early days of some of the most influential genres, especially in terms of electric guitar music, which is in terms of popular music as well, coming out of the 50s and the 60s. Um, but also there were these guitarists, such as Chet Atkins, um, who would basically come to him with anything. He was known particularly for these and has been remembered for these inventions. But uh, really, he was, at the time, kind of seen as a guru by a lot of these big guitarists, as a guy who could just get everything right about the guitar, just knew how to get the best out of it, knew how to get what they wanted. If they said, oh, I kind of want it to sound like this and that, and I'm not feeling it working this way, and I feel like it needs to be more like this to work with the music I want to create, or they go, well, I got this sound on the record, but how am I going to be able to do that live? Uh, which was kind of the basis of the Echo Sonic amp capturing the sounds of that kind of slapback delay and things that were on the Les Paul records and some of the early records out of the, the early 50s. Um, a local guitarist was like, well, how, how do I do that live? Um, that was something that was created in the studio. And uh, having a built-in effect on an amplifier uh, was not something that was manufactured and available. If some obscure boutique builder had, you know, done it in the, in the, in the 40s or whatever at some point, they might have done. No one really knew about it. Um, didn't go beyond anything than that. Um, but maybe one person somewhere had done it. No one knew about it. So when guitarists, a guitarist came to him and said, well, let me see if I can do it, um, basically. Um, but really, he could do that with anything. He did that with a whole bunch of things. Um, and he kept inventing his whole life, and he actually created an enormous amount of things. And there is a huge amount to Ray's work, which is um, overlooked. His name is known. And if you're a kind of a guitar nerdy, guitar history person yourself, you might know his name. You probably will, but you also might not. Um, his name... And this is one of the fascinating things of guitar history that I've talked about several times on this podcast is it's just really interesting who gets remembered for what. Uh, like I said, sometimes someone invents something in their garage. Um, maybe someone back in the 30s or 40s invented some built-in effect on this thing or another for steel box or Hawaiian electric guitars or whatever, and um, no one knew about it. And this happens. Um, so some people don't get their dues. Some people are ahead of their time. Some people are so ahead of their time, they don't really get remembered. They don't really get noticed in their time. And so their name doesn't really get kind of written down. And, um, you know, Ray's name got written down in the history books. It's 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 important. His work is hugely regarded and well regarded. Um, people know that name, but it's not up there with, you know, a Leo Fender or, you know, you could even say Les Paul. I said Les Paul and it's maybe not up there. Um, with Seth Lover as well, which is an interesting thing because of the early days of the Humbucker pickup and how that ties in um, and how kind of simultaneous those storylines actually are, which like I say, something we'll come on to. And it's interesting to think who gets their dues, who doesn't, who maybe gets their dues, but not in the same way as other people and why that is. And that's something I've kind of gone off on tangents about in this podcast before talking about some guitar history stuff. I have talked about Paul Bigsby as well and how there's a fast... There's a, it's great that a book has been written, you know, um, I can't remember the exact title, but, you know, the father of the of the electric solid body guitar, I think it is. And it's, you know, a very statement right there on the front cover about, you know, Paul Bigsby gets remembered for this, uh, you know, your vibrato arm or whatever on your guitar. And, um, you know, this unit, which is great, it's a fabulous invention, but actually um, really is the, the kind of grandfather of the solid body modern electric guitar um and his contributions to that and the fact that he was friends with les paul and leo fender and they used to get together and discuss these things was you know kind of overlooked and um uh, it's something that i'm glad to bring up more and more because and i'm glad that other people do because it it is a case in there where that's a remembered name paul bigsby but kind of doesn't actually get the juice he deserves because it went way beyond this unit um you know ray ray is kind of the same now, I didn't know this. I I knew very little about Roy Butts. I just knew the connection of the name to the filter drum. There's a, there's a chance that I maybe even knew that anyway because um, TV Jones had brought out the Ray Butts Full Fidelity Filtertron based on Ray's original designs. And the the way that he was able to do that was by working with the family of Ray Butts and by having access to this archive of information, designs, prototypes, and the work of Ray Butts that has been preserved by the family and that Tom has now had access to because of the family. Um, Tom was telling me these stories and 
talking about all the stuff in this archive and it just was fascinating and fascinating and fascinating and we were sitting at, at this guitar show kind of day after day and he was telling me about all this and it just sounded incredible the amount that was in there and he said but you know i don't know how to get it out there this is important stuff that needs to be talked about and you know i took some of the documents to the nam show when we launched the full fidelity stuff and we did a couple of videos but you know how to keep getting these stories out there and um i just thought it sounded so fascinating i just said i I agree with you. This is this needs to be out there to learn more about Ray's work, to hear the stories of how this kind of collaboration even came about and how it's influenced Tom's work. There's so many stories in there. There's so much to talk about. There's so much rich primary sources and documents and um, material that just hasn't ever been seen by people who've you know written books and people who have uh, written on the subject because it's not been available before. And there's stuff in here that hasn't been known. And even just through Tom talking about it, that was really clear and um i said i wanted to do it um i wanted to to try and get this out there to work with him on this and he was incredibly kind to to say yes to that and i'm incredibly thankful for that because it kickstarted what has been an amazing project um and uh i then coincidentally literally it was like earlier that same day and then later the next day and stuff um was talking to the editor uh at guitar.com and guitar magazine um who's always been fantastic about being open to hearing ideas and, and being really open-minded with guitar content stuff and i think that actually shows in how uh high quality and wide-ranging the guitar content is from guitar.com and guitar magazine and it's one of my favorite places to go uh, if you pay attention to this podcast you'll know the amount of times i've suggested time for you guys to go read or check out um you know the articles to read you know I do that every now and again. Just go and look how many times that's from guitar.com or Guitar Magazine. And that's no coincidence. Um, obviously, uh, I've worked with them on the Meet the Maker series and this thing that I'm talking about right now. But um, that's also because I wanted to work with them because I really like their stuff anyway. So um, it kind of works out in that way. But, um, you know, it's it's just i think i think that they do things a little bit different and, and kind of broaden their focus in a way that other places don't and other places kind of stick to their bread and butter a little bit and do it extraordinarily well but i think there's something about the way guitar.com and guitar magazine really try to push out into new areas and do new things that i really appreciate especially because that's the only way that i've ended up being able to to work with them is because my ideas are not like hey i have this idea where we review the new les pauls and maybe compare them to the epiphones it's like you know um you know some of this stuff um as the conversations i've even had with them are conversations which don't go very far with other magazines and other websites i don't mind telling you guys this stuff who listen to this little podcast um uh, not did not this project specifically i went straight to chris at guitar.com with this um like i say it was like the same day or the next day or whatever um just crazily linked up that way at this guitar show i was talking to tv jones and this kind of came about the origins of this in like a day but um there's loads of other stuff which i won't name specifically that i've been you know talking with multiple places at once when i was kind of first starting out in the world of guitar stuff at all a couple of years ago and um like other places just like they're super nice really nice people um don't hold anything against them but like they have their like bread and butter of what they're doing and that's like it like they won't really have a conversation with anything else and like they're open to new people coming and being like i want to get involved they're really open and, and friendly and nice about that but uh when you, if you come to them with something that's like pushing the boat out or a new idea and like i am not presenting crazy experimental ideas here to to just put that out there these are these are not crazy these are not crazy crazy ideas but they are you know something a little bit more in depth or something a little bit more beyond the norm of just another pedal review or whatever and yeah you don't get very far in these conversations i found even with nice people on a lot of these platforms they're just like oh, okay yeah that's a cool idea we're not going to do it kind of like that like they they think they're like good for you you came up with a cool idea no way are we going to do it um and the conversation doesn't go very far. Uh, Guitar.com and Guitar Magazine like are have ideas of what they want to do. They have a focus. They have their own editorial perspective and everything, of course. But like, they really have always been like super open to conversations and um, have this aspect of what's new. What can we do that's different? What can we do that goes 
further. And, and again, I think that shows in the quality of their content. But anyway, um, you know, it just so happened that I'd been talking to with the, the editor of um, Guitar Magazine, Guitar.com, and we kind of got onto this this conversation, which actually started actually before, like just before, maybe even hours before I talked to this stuff, I talked about this stuff with TV Jones about, you know, story-driven stuff and like telling some stories and interesting stories that haven't really been told in Guitar World. And then lo and behold, within a matter of hours, I'm having this conversation with uh, Tom, TV Jones, um, and it's all these incredible stories and like, how do we tell them? And I just thought it would be the perfect way um, to do it a series of articles to talk about this and, uh, you know, hashed out the idea and kind of brainstormed and talked about it with guitar.com, guitar magazine. And, um, yeah, we, we kind of got an idea for how to do this between us. Um, and the next step was crazy cool as well. Um, because the next step was me, uh, actually getting to go to the TV Jones workshop, um, over in the U S um, in a place called Poolsbow, which is um, close to Seattle. You have to, if you're in Seattle, you have to get the ferry over to it, which is cool. It was exciting. Um, you get a little ferry to commute over because, you know, um, it's all excitingly broken up by water into all sorts of exciting little bits over there, peninsulas and things. Um, it's all very exciting. Uh, and you have to get a ferry over over to to get close to that. And anyway, I got to go to the um, on a little adventure over to the TV Jones workshop, which was amazing. And um, I went there, and this was an absolute honor for me to work on this at all. To to get to talk to TV Jones, to get to to work on any guitar stuff is is freaking amazing. And I just feel so I'm just so happy and so like humble to get to do it, any of it. And then. This was crazy, though. This was like a next level. So I got to go over to TV Jones Workshop and we got the boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of the Ray Butts archive out. And we got it all out on a big table and we just went through it. We went through from the early stuff all the way through. Uh, stuff that, uh, you know, top secret stuff even. Um, you know, seriously. Uh stuff that's it's not that's never kind of seen the light of day and stuff and um but there's also a lot of stuff in there that answered the questions we had because tom had a lot of fascinating stories but there were also a lot of questions about the timeline and where things matched up and i didn't have a necessarily really specific idea of where the structure would go until i was with tom and talking at length with tom kind of recording everything and going through everything we talked about and going through all of this all of ray's work and correspondences and documents and fascinating stuff and there are letters between uh ray and some of the biggest biggest names in guitar and guitar stuff of the 50s that no one really knew existed that no one's ever talked about that's maybe never been seen some of this stuff would have been in the gretch archive perhaps but there was actually a fire uh apparently at one of the Gretsch places and all of this kind of archive stuff was lost. Uh, like a lot of this old paperwork and all correspondences and stuff uh, was actually lost and kind of original material. Um, and some of that was, was possibly the kind of correspondences between um, Ray and some other people regarding Gretsch and specifically with Fred Gretsch um, and Jimmy Webster at Gretsch and like a whole bunch of massive names. Um, so these stories start to come out. And um, gradually over time, you know, just going through this stuff with time, got to do this and then going through all this material, photographing everything, recording everything, um, going through everything, sorting everything, like after I'd left Tom's as well, like after I'd left the TV Jones workshop, like kind of weeks, taking time where I could to go over all this incredible material and learning all of these stories and putting everything and like doing obviously research into other stuff that's been written you know it's been a lot of great stuff written by people like tony bacon obviously um um and dave hunter and stuff and you know a lot of stuff everything that's kind of been written about ray some of the last interviews with him which again i, I believe a lot of those were with tony bacon that i looked at one of one of those sorry was with tony bacon that i looked at which was kind of a big long interview quite a late one um from before ray passed away um, you know, and there was a lot in there, you know, there was a lot to go through and 
there were so many stories and so many important things. And it was just like Tom said, like there were so many stories to tell, but so many details that like kind of we got wrong in our collective guitar memory or like we were just off or our timelines were actually a little bit less this than they actually were in reality. Um, and I'm being deliberately vague because what this has all culminated in, in a is in a series of four articles that I wrote for Guitar Magazine and Guitar.com. They appear first in the magazines and then uh, they put them up a little later on online. Um, so the idea is the magazine subscribers get it first. And if you read it in the magazine, it's got all the beautiful layout. It's got a lot of pictures I took. It's got pictures um, and like documents of the these, these documents. But like I say, I'm not just hyping this up or anything like it's between ray and like the biggest names of guitar at the time you know talking about crazy stuff um you know uh you know thank you letters from big famous guitarists the biggest guitarists of the 50s some of these people in the 60s writing to ray and and going hey i've seen this amplifier you make and going oh this is incredible or people writing ray and going what are these pickups I've heard of, you know, before any humbuckers have ever come out, people going like, hey, what's up with this? Does it really cancel the hum? The reason I'm not giving so much away is because I want people to go read the articles. Um, it's not just because I want you to go read the articles because I wrote them and that strokes my ego. But <laughs> um, like, I, I don't really care about that. Like, you know, um, you're listening to this podcast. That's already freaking cool. You, you know, that's already awesome that you've come here to listen about guitar stuff and be part of the guitar community. We're, we're all already doing that. So that's cool anyway. Um, you know, I don't get like money per clicks or something like this isn't, and it's not on my website where I'm running ads. Like it's not for me. Obviously I want to pay back uh, guitar.com for giving me this opportunity. And I want you guys to be interested in this, but I'm putting it out there because one, you're guitar geeks. This should be interesting to you. Awesome. But, um, because I think this stuff is really important. And when I first started this out and had those first conversations with, um, you know, I talked to, to Chris at guitar.com and it was a story-driven stuff. And I was like, yeah, I want that too. I want kind of to hear these stories what, about Guitar World, about the stuff we haven't heard so many times. Like, uh, you know, or details about interesting things that kind of get to the nitty-gritty of guitar history and stuff. Oh, this is interesting. And then that conversation with Tom and he tells me all this amazing stuff that he's got and I would just be so honored please let me do it and then he lets he says that he wants to work together on this and then i talk with chris again and we can maybe get something together and maybe this could work and they were so supportive at guitar.com and it's like from that starting point which kind of was over just over the course of 24 hours that kind of just came together um you know i didn't really know what i was going into like we didn't really know how it would work out or what they would be and all that's happened more and more and more is i felt even though from the minute Tom was talking about it, I could tell by the way he was talking about it, how important this was and how important it was to him, but how much this had importance beyond just him and in and, and guitar history in general. Um, How important it was, it was something that just became a deeper and deeper understanding for me the more I've worked on it. And like still now having finished it, finished the series and stuff, um, as, you know, as they're still being released online and stuff, it's just felt more and more important to me, like as it goes on. And um, I just felt more and more honored to be a part of telling that story. And, you know, it's a small thing. It's not, these articles are not going to come out and like change the guitar. <laughs> like, obviously. Um, but it's a really important story. And like, it's shedding light in a way which like wasn't really possible before on the kind of entire life's work of someone of an inventor and a really interesting character who massively influenced the very early days of solid body electric guitar music which sounds like such a specific niche thing but when you say this person was a huge influence on the sound and in the crafting and the sounds of early solid body electric guitar music what you mean is this guy changed the way it sounded when Elvis played live. This guy changed the way it sounded when Chet Atkins was playing. You know, this guy was heard on RCA stuff. Like, this guy's work is on all those places. And those places are different. Like, all those places come together. You might have... You've got someone's record collection there from the 50s. You've got the basis of 
rock and roll. You've got all these guitarists that we listen to now and they point back and go, oh, it's this person. And that previous generation points back and goes, oh, it's these guys. You know, here's your pantheon. This is the basis of that, this genesis of electric guitar music and electric guitar in popular music and how influential solid body electric guitar is in popular music. That whole basis is that, you know, we all know that. We all know that this is the basis of the music we listen to now, of rock and metal and blues and and, and where Nashville music went and modern country and like where everything's gone with country and all these genres of the last kind of bunch of decades like we all know this is so much this is so pivotal this moment and this is the work of one of those big figures just like a leo fender and a seth lover les paul paul bixby you know these big figures which we like to talk about this is the a guy who sh- who is and should be on that like mount rushmore of guitar inventors like guitar technology pioneers this guy's on there and you know it's a big mount rushmore you're gonna have trouble putting four faces on there right we've got to we're gonna start carving more mountainside out really when you're going to do it with this because you know you people are going to go oh come on you got to have like eddie van halen on here and and you got to have you know as as into the 80s you got all these different guys you know grover jackson doesn't he come on here and and you know if we're going to go into amps as well like you know because because we're doing that you got to obviously all these names start opening up right and i know i'm not going to go through like the whole list and then give my possibly very flawed and 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 with many gaps idea of who would be on the mount i can't name them all i know that's kind of my point is there's a lot of them by the end right but you know in that pantheon which you say is a lot of people but it's not crazy it's not hundreds that have had this level of effect it's not even dozens really it's you know so dozens and dozens and dozens it's you know what would you end up with a dozen you end up with a dozen or two if you like the people not just people who've influenced the sound of important music over time but in terms of guitar pioneers people that change the instrument and stuff you know what would you end up with what do you think um you know i'm not talking about one of these big books thousand and one guitars you must play before you die or whatever like i'm talking about this really select number of like these guys set the basis of what these things were you know i think I think maybe you only got ten or twelve people, and 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 Ray is one of the one of the early ones you put on there. And to talk about that, and that's someone's entire life, and and how they worked. And I got to talk with the family of Ray Butts, and they were incredibly helpful and gracious, and gave me so much of their time to talk about this. Um, I got to talk with amazing people that n- knew so much more than me. And uh, again, I'm being coy about not giving that away, but I got to talk with some people who. Um, because of this article series and because of Tom and, and guitar.com and stuff, I got to talk to people who are massive names in the world of guitar who, like, I would never be able to get to talk to. You know, you, you don't just get those people's phone numbers. Um, some of these people I got to talk to through working on this series. And that was just incredible talking to these really knowledgeable people who've done amazing stuff and to, to get to talk to with them about Ray, but about their music, their instruments, um, to hint, to give a hint, um, you know, has been amazing. And um, I'm so thankful for it, but it just felt really, really important beyond just how personally amazing it was for me and stuff. Like it just felt like to be involved in something that really felt important and really felt like it. they were stories that the guitar world should hear because it feels justified because what Ray, Ray did throughout his life was... It's just amazing to me. It's just fascinating to me what these guys did, you know. Um, these inventors who just set out and just, you know, just used skill and knowledge and ingenuity that they kind of fostered themselves. They did not go to guitar inventor school. They created and fostered this themselves and put it to such use in such a kind of either industrious way or ingenious way or even kind of a quiet solo operator way they all had their own methods but they put this all to use in a way that had a crazy profound impact that we still hear on our records today and that musicians today you can talk to which i again did for this article series without naming names still point to that and go that changed music for me that changed how i play that that's a part of my guitar right now if you look at what i have in my guitar it's a, a you know a raybots filter drawn or a raybots inspired filter tron because that's what it needs to be for me because that's 
what inspires me and that's what's important to me and that's cool and crazy and um, it's important and I think when it's on that personal level I've talked about how that's to do with why I talk about guitar builders because it's people who just do this thing which there's no blueprint for no one says it's sensible to be like I'm going to invent guitar things as a living I'm going to build guitars as a living I'm going to design a new type of guitar as a living and try and sell it to people is kind of odd and crazy and fascinates me endlessly um and to be able to be part of telling more stories and telling stories in greater depth than anyone's ever seen with access to personal records and to talk to the family and talk to people who are close to this who are big in very big well-known people to actually properly as much as possible in this little article series just properly tell these stories of these important things that happened and this work of someone who put in you know their life's work into all of these things that we love and are inspired by and want to make music in part because of is such a crazy experience and um i'm extremely thankful for it and that's you know in a very long-winded way why i want people to read it because um yeah i i would it, it doesn't matter for me you know whether you read or not in a monetary way or anything like that or or whatever as much as i want people to go check out guitar.com and stuff if they're not ready because the stuff's awesome it's about you know i see this as an important thing and i think people will enjoy it and i think we could all we would all get something out of it and it's not because of me and my writing it's because of the subject matter is so important and, and crazy interesting that i'm just so thankful i got to be the the yuts that ended up in the firing line of it in a way like i was the idiot who happened to get to do it and um you know that's just crazy uh kind of crazy and um you know it's a little article series it's not gonna like i say it's not gonna be changing guitar or, or it's not gonna be out there in the world or you're not gonna see it anywhere but i wanted to share it on here because um even though it's a little article series it i to me but also i think really in what it's doing and what it's talking about there's a lot more importance to it than just um you know a little series with some idiot you've never heard of's name on it so um it's important to tom it was incredibly important to ray's family uh i rewrote every one of these articles and they are they're pretty long just to let you know like you might want to break up reading them into a few parts make a coffee grab a beer whatever your drink of choice is um they're long they are fuck they're freaking in depth they are like in depth because this was the first time some of this material was being explored and with some of the like nature of putting these things in their correct chronology and timeline it was important to go in depth it was kind of the only way i know that level of depth is not to everyone's liking but like when you read it i think you'll get what i mean that it was just that was the only way to to make clear and put into correct place what we're talking about at all these given points um but it's also story driven it's about cool crazy stories and like the characters coming across it including tv jones and ray buds the family of ray buds are i'm not gonna do spoilers but some of the biggest names in guitar music in the 50s and some of the biggest names in guitar and guitar playing in the world today as well are kind of the characters in these stories um which is kind of which is i think you know it's not just all details and facts and figures it's that that's the context of the stories and that's the context that the figures come in is these crazy crazy amazing often really fascinating and often also unheard of or kind of under talked about um stories of amazing things that that actually happened which is so cool insights into the people that ray worked with the musicians the the music at the time and the early development of electric guitar and how that was and what it, what it was how, how was it that you just come up with these inventions that kind of change the way electric guitar works fascinating stuff um and it's just a guy in his little local music shop um doing this who is kind of regarded as a genius by like i say top musicians today but people like chad atkins back in the day as well um i think that's hugely important um it is hugely important to tv jones 
uh, all of these articles that like say very detail oriented, they're long. Uh, I rewrote all of them. I don't know how many times, probably like five, six, seven, eight, nine times each. Sometimes like from scratch, I would just start again because not in a bad way, but that that was pressure for me because I was talking to people like face to face and on the phone and stuff who like this was massively important to them. This is someone's life. This, you know, talking to the daughter of Ray Butts, this is her dad's legacy and life work. This is really important stuff. And like, you don't mess around with that. And this had then been entrusted by them to some extent to Tom, you know, and Tom is not someone that doesn't feel responsibility. Like if you're a TV Jones customer, you'll understand that. If you've ever got in touch and be like, how do I install these pickups? Like, you know, they are on the phone with you, helping you out. They are in, Tom is in Instagram messages. You know, he's the guy with the name, with his name on the pickups on the company. He's the guy who's built this whole company from scratch and built his name up and built his reputation as the guy who knows this stuff. And like, he will get in Instagram comments and on messages and Facebook and stuff like, and he will make sure that you get what you need and that you get, the sound you want that inspires you and like he will take on the responsibility of getting you to where you want to be like he is that guy and uh that was just as much the case if not more so you know at least in a different way with this right that um when he felt like he had access to this archive and was with the family and they kind of entrusted him to um to to have access to this stuff um that was always work uh that was that was you know that was huge and to be able to make uh the full fidelity filter drum drum pickup which is exactly based on ray's blueprints and designs that tom then had access to and you know he has ray's patent uh tom has that uh for the filter drum pickups you know this was huge stuff um and that's something which i think other people other companies had come after they, they, you know, not not come out to that sounds nasty, but you know, they, they, they want, they were, you know, they'd inquired as to whether they could get access to race staff or, you know, whether they could, you know, see things, I guess. Um, and you know, for Ray's daughter and for the family, it was really important that it was the right person for them. Tom was the right person, and I know that, like, he felt humbled by that, and um for that was incredible and he felt the responsibility of that and like i in turn felt the responsibility of making sure i did this right like you know um i don't you don't always know what the right way is in terms of like the best content that everyone will read or whatever the hell but we all can follow our gut on what the right thing to do is in terms of the responsibility that you've been given and you know when we have time to stop and think and go you know, and I took my time with the article so that I had that time to stop and think and we can all do that and go, okay, is this the right thing here? I've been entrusted with this very important thing that's really important for a lot of people and like have I, am I making sure I'm like living up to that? And, um, you know, uh, when you're a dumbass like me, your skill levels only go so high. <laughs> you can't do a whole lot about that. You can just keep working on that day after day. But what you can do is you can make sure that you get every ounce of that into what you're doing and you take the responsibility with the seriousness that it asks of you and you make sure that you do the best damn job possible to make sure that you live up to that responsibility to the very best of your ability and you don't worry about whether that falls short because you just make sure it's 100 percent, and that's what you do um and yeah you know i'm not the most serious person involved i wouldn't say like i feel like that a lot of the time necessarily um in certain ways but with this, like I felt it every time I was working on it. When I was going through stuff, noting down dates, I would check everything like five, 10, 15 times. I would check it again on the edits. I would check it again on the rewrites. I would check it, I would check it. Uh, you know, just going through the pictures, I would make sure like this was labeled to this. I would recheck stuff with Tom. I would send him the pictures with their like everything labeled and captioned before they would go to the magazine. I would be like, is this all correct? And is there anything here that needs to be changed? And you know, um, writing these big long articles there is stuff that needs to be changed and is stuff that you need to tweak and um, you know stuff gets kind of chopped up sometimes and you have to go oh no sorry that should be there but you know um, it was just about checking stuff and listening to stuff and getting Tom's feedback and, and the other people in these articles you know getting their feedback and listening to them um, 
you know, that was all part of it. And it was just every stage, but also the writing. And so I ended up rewriting all of them a lot of times because I read it and go, you know, this is just not good. Enough. And I restructure stuff. And, you know, a few times, I think, restructured the entire way that the articles work because it was like, this needs to be right. Like each one of these, some people will just read one of these and they need to get a sense of how important Ray's work is. They need to get a sense of how um, fascinating the Raybots archive is. And they need to get a sense of what I... Of, of of how important this is to Tom and how much this is related to his work and how incredible it is with what he's done with his work. And everyone that I'm talking about here, that if people just read one article or a bit of one, I still want them to be able to like understand that in some way. And like, it's hard. Again, it's hard to guess that. You don't always know the best way to do that. You don't know how people are always going to react to what you write. In. But um, what you can do is you can make sure that you're thinking about that and have your feelings in tune with that every time you're working on it. So that's what I did. And um, that's not a boastful thing. Like, I don't know how the hell it turned out. Maybe you read two sentences and be like, this is garbage, man. But you know what? It was just about, I had to put my all into the effort side of it. And, um, uh, you know, that was that was important to me. Um, so that's why I'm sharing it. All of this, it's taken me 40 minutes to explain why I'm sharing this. But what is it I'm sharing? Anyway, four articles, four articles. The series is called Maker's Mark makers marks um so you can you know google that makers marks but you know there's you might just end up with the drink right is that called makers mark can't remember i don't drink it anyway um it's probably don't just google it just go on guitar.com and search for it though it's on there it's on the features section of guitar.com but anyway um if you're interested in reading them like i say uh they they come out first and have been coming out first in the magazine the print magazine guitar magazine um so they come out first in there um and now they're also being released online so that's why i'm wanting to talk about it share it now because um it means that you could get access to them online but um whilst uh there's four of them only two of them are available right now online um so i'll keep you guys updated about this i won't do a whole episode on it again and go over the everything but you know i'll just shout them out now and again but um uh yeah anyway so if you want to read them in the magazine you want to be ahead they're in guitar magazine i can tell you now that the first three in guitar magazine were in issue two oh no sorry issue 381 so issue 381 was the first uh of these articles issue 381 then issue 382 of guitar magazine and then issue 383 of guitar magazine so that's like if you if you want to see them first, they're laid out beautifully in there. Guitar magazine's awesome anyway. There's a ton of great stuff in all of these. There's um, really cool artist interviews, great gear reviews, everything you'd want. You know what a guitar magazine is. You've seen them. <laughs> Don't need to explain it. But uh, yeah, if you want to get those issues, um, 381, 382, 383 of Guitar Magazine, you can actually order those on guitar.com as well. Um, so they've come out in advance in there. That's where they're, all the beautiful layout and the and the, the full pictures and everything um but you can also read the first two now on guitar.com and i've linked those in the description of the podcast the first one tells the crazy story of how this connection between tv jones and the family of ray butts even happened i'm not going to give it away but it is a bizarre story that involves involves police recovery of stolen guitars that involves the chet atkins appreciation society it involves all sorts of interesting people um yeah out there story it's an out there story um that you're gonna want to check out that's the first one details that and kind of starts to go into some of ray's work the second article that is now also available on guitar.com that is linked in the description of the podcast is called who really invented the humbucker and it is all about this story and what the ray butts archives reveals about this difficult story this story that's the dates have got mixed up on and people tell this story slightly differently but it's the story of seth lover inventing what we now refer to as the paf pickup but seth lover his humbucker pickup invention him inventing that over at gibson and Ray Butts inventing the Filtertron pickup himself, which he then, you know, uh, he did for Chet Atkins, and then that's how it ends up on all the Gretsch guitars, and how that ends up happening at basically kind of the same time. Um, but did it? Did it happen at the same time? What was the interaction? Was there interaction? 
Was there any crossover between the two? Not going to spoil it. You got to read the article. Um, it also deals with some stuff from before. You know, possible humbucker inventions from before. Where does the idea of the humbucker come from? The filtertron versus the PAF. Does it even matter who was first? All of that. Everything you want to know about it. Um, using the primary sources from the Raybutt archive, as well as obviously all the research that's been talked about that we've heard in the fabulous books about guitar history, the fabulous articles about guitar history, taking all that into account, but shedding new light on it, stuff that never has been known before, again, with some of the biggest names in the guitar world, stuff that is in the Raybutt archive. Um, um, the third article goes into way more detail about the further inventions of Ray Butts, um, which are fascinating and not going to do spoilers, but the stuff that he invented ahead of his time, stuff that he just made like one off or a very small number of just for like local musicians or, or, you know, local musicians, then he took it to companies and there were a few more of them, but then ended up, you know, being part of things that we use today in our guitars. I'm not going to spoil it. You got to go read it. It's incredible. The work that he did in the tireless inventions and how musicians are still thankful for that. And the fourth article in the series talks more about the kind of connections between Ray Butts and his work and TV Jones today and his work and other big names in the guitar world right now and how they view Ray Butts. And uh, that, again, also influenced and kind of informed by stuff from the Ray Butts archive too. So all of that's there. It was a hell of a lot of work, but like I would gladly do it all over again. I would pay someone to let me do it again. Um, it was that much of an honor, you know, um, but to be able to do it as, as a, as part of my work was, was, was just insane. And, um, yeah, I'm incredibly thankful to TV Jones. I'm incredibly thankful to the family of Ray Butts. I'm incredibly thankful to Chris and guitar.com and guitar magazine. Um, and yeah, I'm just so happy about this as I've talked about it for like 15 minutes now. It's just, um i'm so thankful about it and i know that i've talked more about like my feelings on it you know rather than the actual articles that's genuinely just because that that is not the important thing the important thing is the articles and what's in there that's why that's what's in the articles uh i'm hoping these articles spread around and are way more proliferated than my stupid little podcast episode um i don't care really about people hearing me talk about it as much as please go check out the articles that's where i put the blood, sweat, and tears, and that's why I put the important stuff. It's there in the articles. I know you might go, well, then why didn't you talk about this stuff on the podcast? Because I really want you to go read the articles because I, I struck, we structured them in that way. We worked together. We got all the information that was most important in that way because that's now in the articles. That's where the stuff is, and I want people to go read the articles, and that's what is important. Um, and I don't want to spoil it because I want you to understand stuff in the context there's so many fun facts, trust me, that I'm like on the verge of just oh, name dropping this person or oh, just throwing this thing out there to because it's exciting because I'm excited about it. But um, I'm not going to because I decided it's just more important that I shout it out. I give you some backstory on it for if you're interested and, and kind of lead you into the context of the articles because I think that's interesting. And, and I stress how important it is to me because that's important to me to say that. But um the whole thing, the whole point of this is not to spoiler what's in the article because I really want people to go read them. So I've linked to the first two on guitar.com in the description of this podcast. When the new ones are available on guitar.com, I will put them up on there. Um, but they are also available first in Guitar Magazine in their beautiful layout with their awesome artwork. The team there do an incredible job. And I think that's, you're going to enjoy them there. And, uh, I, I think they're great reading in the magazine and, and it's worth checking out Guitar Magazine anyway. You can order them on guitar.com. So I will also link in the description of this podcast a link to guitar.com where you can order issues of the magazine and you can go check out about if you want to order issue 381, 382, and 383 because um, they're in there. Um, so yeah, just in case you're interested in that, those numbers again, it's issue 381, 382, 383 for the first three um i'll let you know about the fourth one when that's out there i'll let you know about all of these keep listening to this podcast i'll just shout it out i won't do whole episodes again but i'll shout out when they're available online you know maybe throwing some more backstory and stuff when it's on there for you to read but um man there's just a ton of stuff in here and it was such an honor um it's been a long time in the making as well um like a long time so 
Massive thank you to the guitar.com and Chris over there in Guitar Magazine. Massive thank you to the family of Raybuds. Massive thank you to TV Jones. Massive thank you to the other people I talk to who I'm not going to name drop right now because you've got to go check out the magazine uh, and the articles on guitar.com. There's fascinating people in there, particularly in the fourth one. That's not just me being a jerk and being like, you got to read them all to find out. But, um, you know, in the fourth one, there's... Uh, I got to talk to some crazy cool people. Ah, I can't wait till that's out so I can talk to, talk to you about that as well. When that's out, I'll come back and talk about that because it was it was cool. Anyway, really cool stuff. Love it. If you're into guitar history, you're into guitar nerdy stuff, you probably are. You're listening to a dated guitar podcast. You're probably a complete guitar nerd. You're going to find something in there you really enjoy. And I hope, I hope you find it interesting, informative, inspiring as well because it is inspiring to hear about the fascinating life work of someone that did so much. Uh, to change the music and the guitar final thing shout out for today before my voice completely craps out on me because i plan to talk for like a few minutes and just say hey check out this article but now i've blabbed on about it for ages because it's important to me and that's what happens i want you to go check out the song f- from fiddlehead they got a song that dropped um a couple of weeks ago just a couple of weeks ago i'll link to the music video uh it's just called a million times I enjoy this kind of a post-punky, post-hardcore thing, but kind of lighter than some of the post-hardcore stuff you might get. But, um, you know, on that lighter side, I like some of the gnarly of post-hardcore, you know. Anyway, whatever. I'm not going to go off on another tangent. Um, <laughs> I just really enjoyed this track. I really enjoyed the, like, raw guitar tones of it. Um, You know, it just feels like amps turned up loud, and the music video is really fitting because it's just them in one of these, like, little rehearsal spaces that you know the ones i mean we've all spent time in these rehearsal spaces where you've got like horrible tinnitus by the time you leave you walk out and the traffic outside sounds all muffled because you've just blasted your eardrums in this tiny box room with you know egg cups on the ceiling kind of thing you know that kind of place the music video is just then in one of these kind of rehearsal rooms and it just it just sounds like all the amps are nice and loud i like it um even if it's not your genre of music i think you can you'll enjoy that as, this, as as people that like guitar tones. I think you'll like it. Anyway, go check that out. Check out the articles. I think you're going to enjoy them. Um, yeah, stay tuned on guitar.com for the Maker's Mark series. Keep coming out. Um, I will link to where you can order Guitar Magazine as well if you want to get the print issues and, and read them first and um, kind of see them in their full glory and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it inspires you. Um, I will be back tomorrow probably with a slightly less self-indulgent, self I don't know, focused episode. Um, And yeah, I hope you get inspired by the song or by learning about the incredible work of Ray Butts. And I hope you pick up your guitar and spend a bunch of time playing because that's what it's all about. So go and do that. Look after yourselves. Look after one another. I'll catch you again tomorrow.